Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Celaya Alston, and I am here with my co-host, Marie Dahlstrom. We are pleased to profile leaders who are making a difference in the lives of their communities. We are honored to welcome Leslie Aguirre, who will share her thoughts on why civic engagement is so important for all of our communities. Leslie Aguirre is a senior at California State University Northridge, pursuing her bachelor's degree in political science with minors in sustainability and civic and community engagement. On campus, Leslie has served as the president of the Political Science Student Association and chair of legislative affairs off campus, Leslie serves as a board member of her own neighborhood council and as a council member of LA Metro's San Fernando Valley Service Council. Leslie is a proud San Fernando Valley native. She is passionate about improving the quality of life for her neighbors through innovative urban policy initiatives. She has realized her power to create change as a high school volunteer for a local political campaign. Leslie plans to run for local or state office. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, thank you. Thank you for that introduction and thank you for welcoming me on your podcast today. We are delighted to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to this point in your life? Yes, um, I'd love to, absolutely. Um, so I'll actually be graduating this spring with um, my bachelor's degree in political science, like you mentioned. Um, and I think my journey up until this point in my life has really been characterized by the hardships that are both unique and also not so unique to my Latinx identity. Um, I'm a daughter of immigrants from Central America, um, and I've been living in the Valley my entire life. And um, just the struggles and hardships that come from living in a low-income community have really shaped the way that I see the kinds of changes that need to be done within my community. And um, I think that has been deeply influenced by um, just observations that I've made and, and to think specifically of um, kind of what the, I guess like the vehicle or the literal vehicle of this journey bus like around my community or around my neighborhood and just being able to observe just the conditions that um, my peers or my neighbors would live in and just seeing um, or just having those observations trigger an emotional response that really demanded justice and really demanded um, tangible and real change for the people in my community and so seeing that really um, led to a moment that triggered that um, or I guess really triggered a, a profound reevaluation of the kind of work that I wanted to do. And so that's why civic engagement work and doing work in the community became so important to me because I saw that there's a, a, an immense need for change in my community. Can you tell us a little bit about your work as a fellow for Ignite National? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so Ignite National um, is currently leading the movement to encourage young women to become civically engaged. Um, so their work is centered on empowering young women to declare with 
confidence and ambition um, to run for office and to set them up with the training and the network to do so successfully. Um, so currently I'm serving as the Southern California Fellow for Ignite. And so my job is to engage college age women through our college chapters um, and essentially providing them with the tools they need so that they can go out and inspire other women on their campuses um, to become involved civically. Um, and I think right now with the pandemic, it's truly been characterized by um, digital organizing. So um, hosting online events, virtual events, um, such as our regional college councils. Um, right now I'm in the works to help organize our um, annual event called um, Ignite Young Women Run. It's a digital conference where um, young women will be able to connect with one another across the country and, and share tips and share um, best practices on how they were able to successfully run for office and um, to build those connections with one another. And what are some of the important issues that you see, Leslie, in terms of young Latinx and how they are feeling after the presidential election? Uh, I think the most important issues to young Latinx youth um, include education, um, the access to it and its affordability, climate change, economic equality, um, housing and homelessness. Um, I think it's a... I, I don't think that it's a singular issue that Latinx uh, youth care about because I think the discourse in this country is changing. I think what is happening as a consequence of the election and, and even the pandemic, it's a shift in political discourse among Latinx youth that there's a realization in the interconnectivity of these issues, how um, one issue or, or, it, or it exacerbates another and, and, and how these you know, systems work together to, to create conditions that are not um, not so good for different groups, right? So I think um, with that realization among Latinx youth, I think that um, really, I, I think that it's less about pinpointing on a specific issue and more so how can we tackle these things at a systemic level. And I think the election and, and really the buildup to it and now that we're in the wake of it has really opened the opportunity to speak introspectively about these systems and how they operate. And I think with that comes a feeling of hope. So Leslie, do you uh, and uh, your colleagues uh, and your friends, are you... Um, do you see that young people are um, uh, becoming more involved? Is your generation um, becoming more civically involved and understanding the, you mentioned it, the systemic reasons, the systemic mm -hmm. um, barriers, if you will, uh, to uh, 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 equitable opportunities for all people, all Americans? Um, Mm -hmm. Because um, it, it seems, you know, we've, we've uh, just experienced uh, uh, insurrection uh, to our democratic process, and um, uh, there is such divisiveness in our country right now. Um, what are you seeing as some of the next steps um, uh, for our country, especially in light of what, what has happened uh, last week? That's a loaded mm -hmm. question. Yeah, I, know. I <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that I think we can break this question down in two parts. Which I think, first of all, 
yeah, I do. I do think that um, the youth in this country are starting to become a little bit more cognizant of the way how systems work. Uh, and I've been very impressed with the way how social media has been used as a tool to have these conversations and to to boost, you know, certain issues and to bring attention to them. Specifically, um, I spend a lot of my free time on TikTok, <laughs> but, um, you know, beyond the funny videos and, and beyond, you know, the, the humor of it, I, there's actually been a lot of young people, people even younger than me who have, you know, used that platform to um, bring awareness to different issues, um, whether it's criminal justice or, or it's um, climate change or, or things happening in their individual communities that they want people to hear. Um, they've really taken off and done this incredible work to to bring awareness to certain things going on and so I think that and doing that kind of work on a national level has really transformed the way how the younger generation or even Gen Z specifically um, is taking interest in these issues in ways that I have not seen before so I'm very impressed in that respect um, but as far as next steps in this country I think you know, paired with that, with that growing awareness is um, this desire to work towards transformative improvements. Um, I think with the new administration comes an opportunity to make demands for improved conditions um, for our nation's most vulnerable people. Um, and for me, I think it's more important um, now more than ever to organize and make clear to the, to the new administration that um, and also to our new federal legislature, now that the balance of power has shifted, um, that there are needs of the people that need to be met. And, um, you know, that, that just because, you know, the color of the party has changed or the name of the party has changed in power, that um, this we still the, a lot of work needs to keep needs to keep um, being done in order to make sure that people can achieve a lifestyle or, or achieve a kind of a quality of life that is good for them. And not loaded with student debt for the rest of their lives and, <laughs> yes, and, exactly. and, and not have wages um, match um, mm -hmm. uh, the cost of living or, you know, uh, and, and to be able to uh, have a thriving life. Yes, uh, there is a lot to do. And thank you for uh, sharing that about TikTok, because I would say that many people of the generation of Rosemary and I um, are don't really know much about TikTok. And right. in particular mm -hmm. now, um, uh, since the, the, um, the domestic terrorism that took place last week, um, we've seen the uh, social media companies um, uh, uh, take, you know, come forward and, and put limits on hate um, talk and, and, and that kind of thing that happens on social media. And so in many mm -hmm. ways, I think uh, our the older generation may see social media as a negative and to be able to hear you talk about uh, uh, something like TikTok and um, the optimism you experience in seeing people share ideas that's really hopeful Leslie very mm -hmm. hopeful yeah I think so too and you know like I said like I think it's been something that's very inspiring to see you know especially because it's the youth who's really at the helm of this who's really um, you know posting these kinds of videos online because they truly care in the way that you know not only do they post them but the way that there is um, a huge response to it where for example um, uh, you know someone as young as 17 years old as I've seen where they're calling for attention for a petition and, and suddenly that video has a hundred thousand likes and, and there's you know thousands of comments saying oh okay I'm going to share this with, with my people or I'm going to share this with my friends you know and it really blows up and, and makes uh, issues that are traditionally localized and centralized in neighborhoods um, 
reach a, a bigger stage and, and reach a, a more amount of people. Wonderful. And I hope that also includes holding corporations accountable uh, for yes. uh, 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 taking a stand on justice issues and, um, and mm-hmm. other, yeah, of course. Um, what, uh, tell us, um, you know, there's so much pessimism right now. Um, people are, are feeling um, very, very uh, angry, despondent, maybe indifferent um, uh, to what happened um, uh, in what's happening in Washington and the threats to our democracy. Um, what needs to happen now for more uh, Latinx to be in, and I would say, and other youth of color, young people of color, especially Gen Z, to become involved in their communities. Yeah, I think for specifically for Latinx um, youth to become more involved in their communities is, um, I guess, a purposeful choice on the behalf of people who are creating avenues for involvement to um, ensure that their voices are centered. So um, there are plenty of of opportunities that exist, um, however, but I think what defines a successful one from one that um, I guess isn't as successful, in my opinion, is um, whether those voices can be centered. Um, And I think, you know, it's not enough to simply ask for Latinx involvement without meaningfully giving them the opportunity to make transformative change um, that is meaningful to them. It also requires them to feel like their voices are being heard and that their experiences can inform the way that um, change is driven. So that sounds huge. And for our listeners, uh, maybe uh, abuelos, maybe padres, um, uh, and other um, community members who are listening are thinking, how can I get my uh, kids, uh, my grandkids involved? What would you say is one thing that we could all do to actually start to become involved civically? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it starts in the home, too. I think, um, you know, the way how child-parent relationships kind of evolve, um, especially within the Latinx community, I think we're kind of notorious in the way that we respect parents and, and we don't really say anything to our parents. And and that makes sense in some respects. But I think also, you know, giving your child a voice, giving, you know, the youth in your home a voice and ensuring that they also have an opportunity to speak up in decisions made, being made at home will translate into how they go out into the world and how they go and make demands that um, improve their communities. But um, beyond that, I think the internet has been a wonderful tool despite the pandemic um, to find you know different organizations or different community cooperatives working on issues that we deeply care about um, you know for example um, I think one of the silver linings of this pandemic if there is one is our ability to stay connected with one another via zoom via you know, all these different kinds of tools that we have to stay connected online with one another. Um, and we can still do that work. Um, the work continues despite um, us being physically separated from one another, but these issues continue to exist. And so um, I, I would highly advise to just find online something that you deeply care about. There's a lot of um, resources and databases online that, you know, will, will help you connect with different organizations that are doing the kind of work that you want to do. Um, and there's, there's remote options, there's, you know, physical options if you're able to if you're in a position where you can go out and do something because that's also still needed but um, it can also just be as simple as donating money to something or like a, a mutual aid that you really agree with. Rosemary any final thoughts? 
I just think that this is a wonderful opportunity for um, our our youth to be able to help us understand in a different kind of way how beneficial um, the internet is um, in terms of uh, more positive kinds of, of ways that we can communicate with each other. The other thing I, I, I hope is much more prominent as well is different kinds of checks and balances on how we agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that starts in our own family, right, Leslie? How do we <laughs> agree to disagree so that we begin learning those skills um, out there that don't take it to the extreme and that we can still respect each other's positions and, and voice? Yeah, I uh, Leslie, thank you for sharing that action step that we can all take with one another. We as, uh, um, you know, family members is to um, discuss issues, talk about an issue like um, climate change, or even if, um, you know, your family doesn't recycle, why should we recycle? And why should we older people care about um, issues facing uh, young people because, um, you know, we may not be around to see the benefits of change. Once you give your family a voice, no one can take that voice away. And Leslie, your parents gave you your voice, obviously, and you are a blessing to all of us. Um, <laughs> please keep up the good work. And we know that one day soon you will be in public office and we will be the better for it. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, for, you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to our listeners. Um, uh, oh, one more thing. Um, Leslie, do you want to share? How can our listeners find out about Ignite and how to apply to become a fellow or um, stay connected or even become a donor if they so choose? Yes, absolutely. Um, so if you visit Ignite's website, which is ignitenational.org, you can find all of our programming um, that's currently happening. All of it is currently online, um, which is really great because we're able to connect with women all throughout the country, um, regardless of where you are. Um, there are specific programs for different age groups, such as college age, which is what um, I'm specifically working in. There's also um, opportunities for college age women. I'm sorry, for high school age women as well. Um, but there's a lot going on um, as far as programming. We also have like a boot camp going on, um, different types of um, uh, conferences happening in the coming year as well. Um, as far as fellow applications, those open up in May or in the spring uh, when the fellows who are currently serving are transitioning out. Um, so just keep uh, updated by just looking at the website and also just any of our social medias, which would be Ignite National. And you can find out all information um, on our website. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today on Abuela San Acción. And uh, we look forward to having you next time with us. Thank you. Adios. Adios.